Hi, and welcome to the Well Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we're librarians at the Beaufort County Library in South Carolina. And this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to discuss how we decide what book to pick up next. And this was your idea, I think, right, Anne? Maybe. I don't know. I think my idea to talk about it. It was definitely your this, idea to talk about it this, this week. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This was just part of our giant list oh, was of, okay. of stuff. So... It seemed, it seemed like a good one. Yeah, it seemed like a good time to talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to say a little bit, like, I know you're how you pick, and I know how I pick, <laughs> and then we have other ways we need to talk about sure. that we don't actually use sure. ourselves because right. they're valuable. What's what's your, your I, um, reason to read something? Totally what I'm in the mood for, reader. Yeah. I try to avoid, I, I have really, really high aspirations of <laughs> sticking to schedules or getting a list of books of, from various sources and reading through the list. And I do that occasionally, but I never do it straight one after the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't like reading to feel like homework. Right. And when I have to read something, no matter if it's a book that I have wanted to read for a long time or that is really great book or a book that I like I always feels like homework mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a bad thing it just feels like homework mm-hmm. which is funny because we love doing assignment I podcasts know. so much oh, and I so love that. it seems like that should feel homework but it doesn't at all no it's that doesn't like, feel like homework at all that feels like a fun surprise treat. yeah totally I totally um, totally agree so yeah so I always sort of have a running list of books that I'm well, I have, we've talked about before how long my Goodreads to read yeah. list and stacks of books in my house that I want to read. So I always have plenty of books to choose from. And then they're always, I'm always, we'll talk about in a little more detail, but I listen to podcasts and read websites about books. So, you know, I'm just surrounded by books, books, books mm-hmm. all the time, work in a library. So you see the new releases. I'm seeing the new releases so. and we're ordering books. And so just constantly inundated with books. So usually things kind of like bubble to the surface of, this is what I want to read soon mm-hmm. or not necessarily next, but within the next few weeks yeah. maybe. And so, but I also have a tendency where I'll like, the, so when we did our children's favorite books of our childhood right. episode, I was like, I want to read all of the children's right, books. Right. So Which went, is funny because I read mine first and I then you were I all, did mine after. I want to read these now. No, I want to read these. So I went on to the library's website and placed holds on like 10 different children's books mm-hmm. and read some of them. But by the time they were coming in, I was sort of onto something new yeah. because it took a, you know, a week or so to come here. Yeah. So I have a tendency to do that too, where I'll, I'll read about something and think, oh, I must read that right away. But then by the time it actually arrives for me at the library or I get to it, then I'm, I'm not in the same mood. I'm just a mood reader. Yeah. I, I have, I read a lot. I read pretty widely. Um, not as much nonfiction as fiction as I've talked about before, but um, I just have, you know, sometimes in the mood, I'm in the mood for a YA book or sometimes mm-hmm. I'm in the mood for romance or sometimes I'm in the mood for something more serious. Uh, and I do try to switch it up. I try not to read in a row the same type of book. Mm-hmm. So if I read a romance, I'm most likely not going to, when I finish, pick up a different romance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to something else. What so, about you? So, well, I I've sure. some, have some tangents sure. to go down with on this. Sure. So if you have something like the Good uh, or the Book Riot Challenge right. for the year or the Pop right. Sugar Challenge, which I think we talked about yes. at the beginning of this year, uh-huh. do you do you try to move through that list or are, do you I, say, I just want to read whatever I want to read and if it happens to fit into that, I'm going to add it, but I'm not going to be beholden to these So these yeah, that's a good challenges. question because I, 
I do try, I am beholden to it a little bit mm-hmm. in that the whole point of it is to try to read outside of what right. I would pick up just right. on my own. So I check in with the list mm-hmm. maybe every month or so and see how I'm doing and mm-hmm. see if something would slot into one of the categories that I've already read on my own. But right now, in fact, I probably the next book I will read is a biography because mm-hmm. that's something that is on the Book Riot Read mm-hmm. Harder Challenge. And I don't read biographies, really. I read more memoirs, autobiographies, but this specifically has to be a biography. Right. So they're very clear about that. They were very clear about that. <laughs> so because of that, I I had to f- seek one out. That wasn't one I would just have. What are you going to pick? Uh, the Notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is supposed to be really good. So yeah. I have it at home waiting for me. Lots of pictures me. that look fun, too. Yes, yes. So that's what I have. So and then there are a couple of other ones on that. I mean, not a couple. It's twenty-four books, so probably at least half of them. I've had to go out and mm-hmm. and find a book to fit into the category, which is the point of it. But I right. don't do it. It's, so it's twenty-four books. Their idea is basically two books a month. But I don't make sure, like I don't at the beginning of a month map out what I'm going to read to right. make sure that two two of those books would be the read harder challenge. Right, but, and a lot of people do that. Right, they, I think they, they map do. out the year, year basically right. of right. how they're going to so, do it. And that's where I can never stick to something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, that would drive me nuts. Of what I need to read. So yeah, um, so, yeah. so I, I, try, I guess I try to make it a mix, but within that, my mood always dictates what I'm going to actually mm-hmm. pick up next. Mm-hmm. But as for the next maybe three or four books, then there's more of that. This is what I want to read, or this is a book that's coming out that I would like to read before it comes right. out so I can talk about it or something like that. Right. Okay. It makes me laugh when there's like, I'm glad that you said that, that you like that the read harder challenge makes you go outside of your comfort zone because I know people that will do those things, but still, still find completely within their comfort zone those books like when I was in grad school I took a class that was a children's literature class but had sort of a book club feel to it Mm -hmm. so we each had to lead a discussion um and we had to read the same book and and talk about it and and it was just different subjects within children's literature or why literature I guess more more commonly and so it was all over the place but this so you had like LGBT fiction and historical fiction and um, outcasts in society was yeah. one of the topics and this one girl in my class made sure every single one of them was a steampunk book oh, <laughs> made me laugh so hard <laughs> like this was not the point of... the point was to try different <laughs> right things. yeah it yeah. was funny to me but yeah I mean I, I've definitely probably st- not stretched it in any way but I don't view those challenges as these are 24 books that I wouldn't have chosen for myself that mm-hmm. now I have to go find like if I'm already going to pick up a book that would fit into the challenge that's just what right. I put in there right and I'm not gonna make it harder on myself right. either so um all right talk to me what do you how what kind of reader are you because you're very different from me I am a crushing responsibility reader <laughs> my my guilt knows no bounds when it comes to to reading we've talked about this before on the podcast that I very much overstretch myself on committing to book clubs and and getting stuff from publishers and I I I wish that I were more of a mood reader because I, I crave that more often. But but reality is that I always have a book that's my my next book I need to read. So so sometimes I can feel like an assignment all the time and I, I don't like that so much. But um, I'm really trying right now to pare down my book clubs to only one regular book club a month. Um, and then I have some other book clubs that are like I have a book club with my, my uh, roommates from grad school and, and that's sort of whenever we all get the book finished, then we talk about that 
together online, but, um, but I, I don't want to be in, uh, I mean, obviously there's, I guess I have more book clubs than one per month because I have one that I run at work, but then I belong to a book club, a couple of different book clubs and I'm trying to get it just down to one. So I'm, I'm not reading like four books per month that are assigned reading for me. But then I also get all these, these publisher advanced copies, which I love. And it's a huge perk of the job, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, even if I don't get to them, I always clap my hands and sort of jump around when the box comes for me at work because it's just so much fun to see what what's going to be inside of it. And I like reading those on sort of a schedule because they they obviously want you to read them before they come out, hopefully. And there's also a site called Library Reads that is sort of a library crowdsourcing what what librarians are talking about. And that sort of runs two months ahead of time. So um, So I try to read ahead of that so I can recommend things for that. But to me, the great benefit of getting advanced stuff from publishers is that you, it really diversifies my reading because if I'm honest, all I would read are ghost stories and mysteries and food memoirs if I were picking by my mood because that's always what I'm in the mood for. So so I, I don't want to be that kind of reader. I, I believe really strongly in, in reading widely. So, so I like that when I get stuff from publishers, it sort of forces me to read things that I wouldn't normally pick up on my own. And, and I think last year there were maybe three or four books that were my top top picks of the year that were things that I probably wouldn't have picked up if I were just on my own um, browsing in the library. Yeah. So so I really like that it forces me to do that, but but it can feel a little assignment-y at I will times. say, though, I've, I think I've mentioned this before. I am a, a judge for the Audio Awards, which mm-hmm. are audiobook awards that the Audio Publishers Association puts out every year. And typically... It's a lot of books that you have to listen to. Um, it's it ranges, but I've always been able to count on about thirty, at least thirty books in about a three month period. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like that for the same reason you just said that it mm-hmm. exposes me to things I wouldn't have ordinarily thought I would like. And for some reason, that doesn't feel like homework to me. Yeah. It's just I know it's actually about to. It starts at the beginning of October. Uh-huh. We're we're recording this a little bit early, but by the time this is goes live well I'll probably have my assignment and then it goes to the beginning of January and it's again last year I think I had 40 some books that I had to listen to in that time period and I love it like I really really love it it's yeah it's just I know that in those months it's going to be a time that I do a lot of audiobook listening mm-hmm. and I do it while I bake cookies at the holidays Yay. and wrap presents and I just know that that's what I do and it never ever feels like a burden mm-hmm. so I think it's just sort of what my frame of mind is as far as whether it feels like an assignment or not yeah and I think just because I love being a part of that so much and getting a chance to listen to all of those that are all really good I right. mean if they've made it to the round that I'm judging they're typically really good audiobooks yeah. so well and that also has that sort of what's in this grab bag of right, fun right that and I so, but I still am so when I first started doing it this will be I think my sixth year doing it or my fifth year doing it and when I first started doing it I would try to alternate like a longer one with a shorter mm-hmm. one to sort of give myself make it, me feel like I'm making some progress mm-hmm. in the the process um but then the last couple of years, I just, again, go sort of by mood of what yeah. lo- sounds like it's going to be what I'm in the mood for next. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel like an assignment to yeah. me, even though it literally is an assignment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, sorry. So I, I, I sidetracked you of what you were talking oh, about. Oh, no, that's the, I, I like to sidetrack. I was thinking about the time that I texted you 
that I had things to read, but instead I was starting to reread Harry Potter and you were so I'm excited so because it was me going with mood reading and I um and I I am not the hugest Harry Potter fan. I like it fine, but I'm not like someone who's read it multiple times and I I, I haven't read it since it came out at all. So but I just was in the mood yep. and you you so said, proud. Yeah. It it was all it was kinda of daring. I it was felt daring. felt like I had to do shifty eyes you when rebel. I was reading it. I know. <laughs> so this is rebel without a cause as I get so but I do have I wrote down a couple of resources that are good for mood reading um, because we get I mean number one I would probably say go to your library and talk to a librarian because we have tools that can help people with with this or email Um, us we'll give you we'll give you suggestions yeah yeah yeah. or ask us on twitter yeah yeah use us not not your library no I mean use your library too If you're listening, you're welcome to ask us as well. Yeah, we like that kind of thing. And there's also, have you ever used Witchbook for yes. recommendations? Yeah. So that's that's kind of a lesser known, it focuses on titles that are lesser known and they're published within the last 10 years. So um, so you're getting different things than your your regular bestsellers that you would you would see. Mm-hmm. And then my, my other favorite one to use is Literature Map. Mm-hmm. And so you basically you type in an author and then it makes this kind of cloud, this I guess it's a tag cloud is what mm-hmm. they're called. And so you have your your author you typed in in the middle, and then it has all these other authors sort of floating around it that it takes a while to settle. Which yeah, is and kind the of closer fun. they are, the more directly right, right. related they would be to that author, right? Right. So sometimes it's fun to see how correct it is, mm-hmm. but sometimes you're like, why, why on earth yeah. would these two authors be close to yeah. each other? And so... Um, it's just crazy fun to play with. Yeah. I love I love books like or I love sites like that where it sort of suggests things for me. Do you have any like that that you? Oh well, Novelist. Yeah, a Novelist would be a resource that your library would have yeah. that is a great great tool for readers advisory, and they have all sorts of things. But for this discussion, they have a lot of read alikes. So mm-hmm. there's a book that you really loved, and you want to find something that makes you feel the same way or has a similar style or structure uh, novelist will most likely have some recommendations mm-hmm. for you there they also have book lists and they have book discussion guides mm-hmm. for book clubs and they have they have a lot of resources and author read alike author, author so. read alike series read alike yeah um, so they have they have a whole bunch of stuff in there so that's what we probably use the most that's of. what I use the most yeah. yeah but it's it does require a password so but if you have a public library or a school library or university library, most likely they have a subscription. Yeah. This is sort of the, the big database out there. So right. it's, yeah. it's likely you can get your hands on it. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go. Well, I was going to say... I was going to say Goodreads, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess I use that... Like, I, I was going to talk about Twitter as being this huge source that other people use, but yeah, I never I don't use really it use at yeah. all. But whenever I listen to podcasts, they talk about how they get all their book recommendations from Twitter and mm-hmm. they sort of do this like a, a tweet saying what should I read next and they get all these different suggestions mm-hmm. I don't have enough followers on Twitter yeah, to no, to either. make that worthwhile right. for me but I think I use Goodreads in that same way right. although I, I don't do a call for yeah. for suggestions but I do it has a news feed feature right. so that you sort of go through and see what everyone is reading and right. and that helps you find stuff what I do find on Twitter is that if people are reading something that they're or Twitter and Instagram I would say mm-hmm. that people will post things that they're reading and you can always tell if they're really excited yeah. about it so those will capture my attention usually but a lot of those people I follow are people that I would listen to on other podcasts right. and, or read their website so I don't know if it's a unique set of people that I'm learning about books from right. I think I would f- hear about those books other ways right 
through those exact same people. Right. And but, you, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do more, or you used to do more blog reading, I think, yes. than I, I ever have. Yes. I've gotten out of, I just don't have the time anymore. Yeah. I used to do it bunch of blogs that I follow and I would you know in front of the tv at night or on weekends I would scroll through and read but I just have gotten out of the habit yeah there was another when I was on a public service desk at the library that's something I would do also to get mm-hmm. book recommendations or just kind of keep in, on top of what was happening in the book world mm-hmm. but now that I'm not on a public service desk anymore my job's different I don't have that opportunity right. as much Oh, the other thing I was going to say about Goodreads is I really so they do recommendations for you based mm-hmm. on what you what you've shelved yeah. and your ratings. But then they also have the Goodreads Choice Awards, which we've mm-hmm. talked about in previous episodes that I really like that yeah. because that's crowdsourced. That's yeah. what people who use Goodreads have actually read and voted for as their favorites of each year and, and lots of different genres. So mm-hmm. I do like that. I will I will seek those books out yeah. the winners in particular of different especially if I that's how I chose I think that's how I chose my horror book that I read at the beginning of the year that mm-hmm. was for the read harder challenge I think I went to the horror that bird box that you yes yeah. yeah I think I went to the horror category mm-hmm. and found one that seemed like it was I'd be interested in right. and um and it had gotten a lot of votes so right I don't do this really anymore, but when I was in college, I would spend hours on Amazon mm-hmm. calling my my uh, recommendations list yeah. and just writing down titles because yeah. it bases it on what you've bought mm-hmm. and what you recommended. And so I would I would buy like I bought a lot of books when I was in college. I made very poor choices with my money when I was in college and I have shelves and shelves of books to, to show it. But I would I would buy all these like mysteries that I was getting interested in and and then it would just give me a billion uh-huh. recommendations on that. And uh-huh. it was it was a list of like 200 books or something yeah. that you could just go through. And then I would I would cut out some stuff. And, and if you eliminated books, it would reorganize mm-hmm. the list for you. Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. <laughs> I loved seeing what someone else would recommend because I f- have the problem that I'm the person that recommends books yeah, to people. Me too. So I never, ever ask people right. because I have too big of a list that yeah. I'm always going off of to... I'm, I'm never without a, a yeah. next book, so so this was almost having that that satisfaction yeah. of saying of having someone say, ah, "I think you'd you like, this, like this," even well, though it's a computer. I, but I think it was it's still the same fun. thing for why I like the Goodreads list and these other lists is because no few people like I never give books as presents because mm-hmm. nobody ever wants to buy me something that I've already read, and right. they all know I read a lot. Usually, I'm the one recommending books to my friends and family, so I like I like feeling like I'm having books recommended. To yeah. Me. I'm always on the hunt for another good book list. And uh-huh. I know NPR does their, they have their book concierge yeah. at the end of the year. And then they did two years ago, I think, or maybe it was just last year, they did the Summer of Love where they asked their audience listeners and readers of their website to submit their favorite romances. Uh-huh. And then they did the top 100. Oh, and so fun. that's another fun list to kind of look, go through yeah. because, again, it's people recommending those books. Yeah, NPR Books is a great resource. They mm-hmm. always are really widely varied. Mm-hmm. And so... Like I think when when maybe the average person hears NPR, they think of something really dry, mm-hmm. um, but it's not at all. Not at they all. get all over the place yes. with it. And they used to have a series. I'm not sure if they still do anymore, but they used to have a series called Crime in the City or Murder in the City, mm-hmm. and it was they would interview authors that that write specific or city specific um, mystery series, mm-hmm. and then they kind of go on a tour of all their favorite oh, sites neat. in the in the city. So they went to. Um, I went to Baltimore with 
someone, I want to say Karen Slaughter, but I don't know for sure if that, she might've been Portland. Now I can't remember where she lives, but, and this is probably 10 years ago Mm -hmm. or something that I listened to this, but it was just so fun to to see where they say they'll, they'll talk about this inspired this, this character. um, And, and this is a place that I spent a lot of time as a kid. And this sort of made me think about this would be a really great place to, to find a body. And it was just so interesting. So So if you ever need a book recommendation, then the NPR books website is fabulous for that. I could spend all of my time there. Probably the what determines the most out of anything of what I'm going to read next is what's due at the library the soonest. That's a great point. That is really true. <laughs> oh, I renewed that too many times. Time, time to read it. Time to read it. Or oh no, it can't be renewed because right. somebody's waiting for it. So now I have to read this book in right. two days. Yeah, <laughs> the harsh realities of of our reading so my my absolute personal favorite like if I could read this way all the time this would be my choice is to do seasonal reading um because I I've talked so many times on the podcast about how much I love seasons and I love holidays and I love sort of wrapping myself in both of those things when it's that correct time so if I can like I know sometimes people will say I want to read a cold weather book in the heat of summer because it's or something that's that takes place on a frozen tundra because it's just so hot outside and I need something to sort of relieve this heat and I say no <laughs> I want brace the heat yeah I I want I want it to be correct for the right time so there's mystery series that I that I read that take place around um, different holidays there's a in particular there's a series by Leslie Meyer that they're very very cheesy uh, cozy mysteries but they all are like Valentine's Day murder uh-huh. and trick-or-treat murder and I have to read them around the right holiday. So it's going to take me like five years to get through the series because she doesn't write them in the correct order for the holidays. So I can't just go through the year. She does like Christmas Day murder and then the next book is Thanksgiving murder. So I have to wait until the next Thanksgiving. That's not weird, right? The trials. I know, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but I, yeah, seasonal reading is, yeah. is super, super fun. Um, if you haven't done it, I would recommend it. Yes. I particular I particularly like seasonal reading around Christmas. Yeah, I'm always wanting because uh, the holidays are so busy and lots of traveling and people visiting and shopping and mm-hmm. decorating and all those things. I um, always want something that at the end of the day I can. It's light and entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think too hard, but I'm also finding it absorbing. I'm not totally reading paragraphs and nothing is penetrating my right, brain. Right. So uh, Christmas is a time that I definitely pick up christmas kinds of books yeah so before we did this episode we talked a little bit about some of the things we were talking about one of the things i brought up was series reading Mm -hmm. and do you like to push through a whole series at once or do you like to take breaks or what what do you find is most beneficial so i used most enjoyable i don't know (laughs) it's a good (laughs) question i used to be more of as i would take breaks i couldn't read them right in a row Mm -hmm. because some of the quirks of the writer would start becoming more apparent if right, I were reading them right, right in a row, I should say. Especially, I, I find that with mysteries, that I start yes. to be able to figure them out yes. too easily because right. they're, I know how the writer right. works. And you see patterns and right. phrasing and stuff that just, if you read too many in a row, yeah. for me personally, yeah, it yeah. starts getting under my skin. But um, 
I don't I I don't have a a strict answer one way or the other about that mm-hmm. because I will find sometimes and this is the same if there's an author that I discover and I really like mm-hmm. that I will finish a book and think okay now I'm going to read something different because as I said before I I never try to read the same thing two books in a row and so I will pick up something different but I find it unsatisfying because I really want to be back in the world of the previous yeah. book that I really liked so sometimes I do read a series right in a row it's pretty rare that I don't I, I do it literally like one book right after another mm-hmm. but I might read one book and then after a, a different type of book go back to the series um, it, it just depends mm-hmm. so that's a terrible answer I used to be more as soon as a book would come out in a series if I was reading the series I would pick up the new book and mm-hmm. read it but then by the time the next book was coming out I'd forgotten so many of the details that I would feel sort of like adrift at sea yeah. as I was starting it. So I've tended now to not jump onto those new series as quickly and wait until right. a couple of them are out and then start them. Um, so I guess I'm more of a series in right in a row reader now than I used to be. Hmm. But still, I have a hard time reading the same book or same book series back to back to back yeah I take little breaks short breaks but not like year-long breaks between them usually that makes sense yeah and and I've been guilty of doing years long breaks between between uh books in a series and I'm I am trying now a system where I sort of decide on three or four series that I'm I'm working on and then um obviously I I take breaks still between Mm -hmm. them but but I try to just have those be my my three series Mm -hmm. and not I mean, I still always start new series. Right, me but. too. Well, but I've called a lot. There were there was a while where I was reading any teen series that was oh, getting buzzed. Yeah. I was picking up the first book and reading them. That's all of them. I know, it's all of them. And so I called a lot of yeah. those and just said, you it's know what, so I freeing. probably will never get to the second book in this right. series. And I am okay with that. And I'm only going to focus on the ones that really intrigued me and not just the ones that other people are saying right. are so good. So that, that lifted some guilt right there because there are so many series right. that I had read the first book and never gotten to the second one. Right. A lot of them are trilogies right. or more. So there, it was a big time commitment to yeah. think of following through on all of them. That's such the trend with YA is to do, to do series and it yeah. just is hard there's too many of them too many so are there any websites that you use probably with you it's more in your work but yeah websites that you would you would kind of recommend for people that are looking for for books so I really uh for work early word is a great yeah website it features books that are uh going to be made into movies tv Mm -hmm. shows books that librarians are talking about books that are getting buzz at various sources bestsellers all Mm -hmm. those sorts it's a great way to stay on top of what's coming out Mm -hmm. or what potentially is about to break really big Um, and so I really like that one professionally I like Book Riot on a personal level there and I listen to a lot of their podcasts as well Mm -hmm. um Smart Bitches Trashy Books is a good one for romance readers Mm -hmm. uh they do reviews and fun what are you reading right now mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what are you reading this month posts that people comment on uh there's a website called go fug yourself which mm-hmm. is uh fashion based mm-hmm. but there are a lot of readers among first the two women who are the writers for that website mm-hmm. are both readers but then a lot of the people that comment on that website are readers so mm-hmm. every once in a while they'll have a what are you reading right now or what book do you recommend for summer reading beach reading those types of topics and the comment sections on those posts are fantastic oh, because it's a bunch that. of people that have a similar sensibility for yeah. what they find funny and what they find interesting and they're all post what they're 
they're reading or yeah. what book recommendations they have. And so that's one that's not a book blog in any way, but there's definitely a, a literary kind of bent to right. it. So, well, and they wrote one of our favorite they wrote books of last our, year. Yeah, which was, yeah yes. such a fun book. I know. So, so, so there's, there's a literary connection there, even though it's not a book blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get some re- of my reading recommendations from podcasts, which, like I said, Book Riot does several different podcasts, but I really like Get Booked, which is mm-hmm. a reader recommendation show where people write in and ask for recommendations and then they give them specific titles yeah. or authors. Um, and then there's a podcast called What What Should I Read Next, where mm-hmm. the host has a different person on every episode and they say three books they love, one book they hate, and what they're reading right now. And then mm-hmm. she gives them three reading recommendations. Oh, that's I think fun. Both of those are really fun uh, and interesting to listen to. Uh-huh. And you listen to Overdue as I do well, listen to Overdue. Overdue is one I enjoy saved, listening to. but haven't listened to. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. It's two guys who uh, read books that it's sort of almost like a book club kind of thing where mm-hmm. one of them reads the book and the other one hasn't read it or one of them has reading it for the podcast discussion okay. and they talk about the author and they talk about the book that one I enjoy more if I've actually read the book mm-hmm. because I never want to listen and fe- for fear of spoilers because right. not really recommending necessarily. right it's just, it's just these a- are books you should have read yeah. by now is their tagline so yeah. and then that's the same for the audio uh slate audiobook club uh-huh. is i prefer listening to that when i've already read the book mm-hmm. sometimes i feel that way with with npr interviews too right. uh, with authors because they they can be a little spoilery yes. and yes. um and they just are so in-depth that you get a lot more out of it if you're actually if you've read yeah. the book so uh what about you for websites um the main one that i use is uh stop you're killing me for mysteries and that's great because you can it's not the prettiest website it's pretty bare bones but it it has tons of information on there and they do a newsletter um where they tell you all the upcoming releases for for mysteries for that month which is really fun but my favorite on that is they have a uh, you, you can organize the, um, or you can search by job and you can search by location, you can search by time period. So, um, so it's really, it can, it really fits your mood of what you're, if you feel like reading a book that's set in like South America, then you can find that on their website. And that's, that's really fun for me. Um, and then I don't, I don't personally use this because I don't read tons of horror, but, um, there's a website called RA for all, and they have a sub website called R ra for all horror and so if you're a horror fan then that would definitely be a site that i would i would go to but but i don't i, I use it for work but i don't use it personally because i don't read horror very often i like i like book websites a lot um, um, is there anything else we want to can i reveal my my traditional what i'm going to read next that i i've yes. sort of gotten out of the habit of but is my absolute favorite yeah it's reading alphabetically from my oh, shelves because yeah. <laughs> I'm insane. So when I was a kid, my sister um, was really angry that I didn't talk about this during my Reading Lives episode because she said this was your reading life. Um, when I was a kid, I alphabetized all of my unread books and I had to read them in that order. And this was not like a stack of five. This was a stack of 500. And so I never got past the A's at any point in my childhood i never got past the a's so so if you look at my my um bookshelves of books that i read they're very heavily in the beginning of the alphabet (laughs) so so now that i'm an adult i don't really do that anymore because ocd is has not conquered me so um i can read outside of alphabetical order but i still alphabetize all of my unread books and that's more of an organizational thing so that i can find them 
Um, but I, if I get the chance, I think it's really fun to read an order that way because it sort of takes the decision making out of it mm-hmm. and it's like getting a little surprise each time. Mm-hmm. So, so even though I can see the books on the shelf and I know what will come next, so it's not a surprise in that sense, it's still like, oh, well, I have to read mm-hmm. this one next. So I was just glancing at my shelf last night when I was writing my notes and I saw that my, my shelf went um, from about a boy mm-hmm. to an anthology on aesthetics and decadent writers of the 1890s to a book called America's Longest Siege, which is about Charleston's role in the um, development of slavery as a, a national institution. And so those three books have nothing to do with each other. And that to me is so fun to just say, well, I I have to read this book next. So That is so um, interesting to me because you're saying alphabetical by title. Yeah, by title. I could never organize my books alphabetically by title. It has to be alphabetical by author. No. <laughs> How that hurts me. That's how I just keep them organized on my shelf. But I guess that's true of the books that I've read. I do yeah. alphabetical by well, no, I do them by country because I think nationalism is really interesting in in books, and then um, time period, and so, <laughs> uh, and then by author. So there's there's lots of crazy wow. in there, but um, but yeah, I think it's I just I find reading that way. A really fun way to mix things up because that, that's fun I might try that yeah actually. and and plus then you always have the the chance to reorganize your books yes. which is really fun for me so <laughs> all right so anything else before we go back go on to what we're reading this week that um, we want to mention I don't think so anything for you um I don't think so just book I mean I always love a good book list yeah generally yeah book challenges i think book are really challenges, fun too best of the year yeah award winners i'm always drawn to those even even i mean we do these for our library but if you're in another library and you find a, a read-alikes list yes. then i always yes. want those but i never read straight through the list i never no. read the entire list at no. any point in my life no i, I just think. like looking at it i do too it gives me ideas <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be right back with what we're reading this week And what are you reading this week? And how did you choose to pick it up? <laughs> this was a responsibility okay. book. This was for a book club that I'm in with my friends from grad school. I've, I've talked about this before that we do um, a, a book club to try to figure out what the Prince winner will be. Uh-huh. Um, the Prince Award is the, the best YA book of the year. And so for probably the last half of the year, then we meet online and they pick books because I don't do children's lit. And yeah. so I just read whatever they tell me. So, um, so it's kind of fun to see whatever they throw at me. And this book is one that I just finished. It's called Wolf Hollow by Lauren Walk. Oh, I saw your review. Yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. Um, So I, it may be a children's book because I think the, I think the little girl in it is 11, I want to say, which seems more children's, but I think it might. like middle grade-ish. Yeah. It might skew more YA for reasons I'll get to later in the book. But um, as I said, the main character is a little girl named Annabelle, and she lives in rural Pennsylvania during World War II. She has a great family that she lives with. It's kind of a, a big extended family that lives in her house. And she has a pretty peaceful life until a new girl named Betty moves to a nearby farm to live with her grandparents. And right from the start, Betty is a bully at school. She um, isn't just mean, but she's cruel. And and that's sort of different than what you see in a lot of, especially children's books um, and middle grade books, because usually it's sort of a 
maybe not a passive threat, mm-hmm. but it's more elevated in the kid's mind right. than an actual than actions on mm-hmm. the part of the bully. And um, that's not the case in this book. So um, Betty fixates on Annabelle immediately, and she does things like wait for her in the woods while she's uh, walking to and from school to threaten her with violence if she doesn't do what Betty wants, which is basically she wants her to give her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty follows through with the violence. She doesn't just say things and then get scared of, of she isn't all talk. She's, she definitely will do terrible things to someone. So that was really surprising to me to, to see this level of cruelty that, that uh, Betty exhibits. And that's why it kind of makes me think it may be a YA book because it gets kind of dark mm-hmm. with, with some of the things she does. Um, so Annabelle, um, like most children, keeps these things to herself because Betty threatens to hurt Annabelle's little brothers if she tells her parents. So so Annabelle just feels completely stuck and, and doesn't tell anyone. But after Betty is responsible for a really serious accident that happens at the school, Annabelle realizes that she's in over her head and she has to tell someone. Um, so at the same time, at the, at the beginning of the book, um, you're introduced to, to a character named uh, Toby, who is a reclusive World War I vet that's living kind of on the fringes of the community. Um, and Annabelle's family is really close to him. They, he, isn't, um, he doesn't talk much, and so he doesn't have an active role in the family, but they're, they sort of take care of him. And, and she's always thought he was really kind and, and kind of fascinating. So you, you meet him at the beginning of the story, and then he plays a bigger role later because um, sort of in the aftermath of this accident that Betty is responsible for, she decides instead to accuse Toby of, of doing this thing, which I, I won't tell you what it is, but, but she has sort of set her sights on him because he caught her, Betty bullying Annabelle and sort of chased her off. And so she's, she's wants retribution, I guess, for, for, um, for ruining her chances of bullying this little girl. So um, Toby doesn't have a lot of support in the, in the community and everyone sort of sees him as weird and, and maybe potentially dangerous. And so as things are starting to unfold and Annabelle knows that she may have to be the, the only voice of support for him um, as various accusations begin to, to mount against Toby. So as I said, Betty isn't a small threat. Um, the things that she does are completely horrifying. And I was reading this before bed one night and my heart was racing so much that I couldn't sleep because it was, I was so worked up at at the things she was doing and the way that adults in the story were, were complicit Mm -hmm. in allowing her to get away with this stuff. And it was like, I needed to pace my apartment. I I haven't felt that way about a book in years to, to have that much of a reaction to it, a physical reaction. But it's, it starts as a, starts out as a kind of straightforward story about bullying and then it turns into much bigger issues um, a, a kind of covering issues like how we treat people that are cast out from society and doing the right thing when it's you're the only person that that wants to um, and it talks a lot about compassion and it really builds up and ends up in a place that I wasn't expecting so everything that I talked about so far happens in easily the first hundred pages of the book and there's 200 more pages going on so it just keeps going and building and building and building so um, I found it incredibly compelling and it was pretty much impossible for me to put down Um, and I I think sometimes fast-paced books can be just plot-based but this one has a lot of depth and I'm really hoping I get some awards at the beginning or I guess in January at the uh, during award season so I loved it it's great it's called Wolf Hollow by Lauren Walk I have never ever heard of that book and now I I had to read it immediately yeah I 
I'm so glad I have friends that read this stuff because <laughs> they can just give it to me. I guess those are my friends that they, give me book recommendations. Yes. I don't think of it because it's an assignment sort of. Right, but, it's book club. But, um, but yeah, they have really good taste. So. Cool. All right, so what I read this week was, or I, yeah, I read it over the weekend, so I'm all done with it, is The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Oh. I know. So one of us talked about this in our fall book preview. It yeah. was you, I think, yeah. right? And Oprah ruined it for Oprah us. Oprah ruined it. No, I'm just kidding. She bumped <laughs> she, up the time frame, because yeah. when you're Oprah, you do those You things. set the publishing <laughs> schedule for books that you like, I guess. Um, and, Messed up a lot of things for libraries, though, I will say that. There I was know, so much, I know. oh my gosh, how am I going to get this book this fast? I know, I know. <laughs> Oh, poor us. Yeah. Uh, So it's definitely destined to be one of the most talked about books of the year. I foresee it being on a lot of awards lists, Mm -hmm. bestseller or uh, best of the year lists. Um, And rightfully so. It is about a woman named Cora who is a slave on a cotton plantation in Georgia. And she lives a very, very difficult life. Uh, Not only obviously being a slave is horrifying in and of itself, uh, but she's also an outcast among the slaves. So Mm -hmm. her life is, is difficult. Uh, She's invited by Caesar, who is a newly arrived and educated slave uh, to, and he's new to the plantation. And he, he invites her to escape with him. And after being brutally raped and beaten by the plantation owner, she agrees that we will try to get away. And he knows about this underground railroad that exists and in this book the underground railroad is a literal railroad awesome. uh, with tunnels and conductors and stations all throughout the south and to lead to get slaves to freedom in the north cora and caesar arrive in south carolina as i said they're leaving from georgia they get to south carolina and they find what appears to be a city where black people are marginally more welcomed Mm -hmm. than in Georgia. And so the two are just tempted to stay there because obviously there's a huge risk in running. Um, There's a slave catcher hot on their heels. uh, And so they are tempted to stay there. But the longer they stay, they discover that there's this underlying sinister plan that is in motion. And so they decide they need to move on. Um, And I I don't want to give too much away about where they go and what happens, um, but it is... A unique take on slavery. It's got this sort of almost magical realism yeah, element to it, yeah. but it's it's very much grounded in fact. It is horrifying. As I said, the, the treatment of people of color in this country is not something to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Some of the descriptions of what happens to Cora and her companions is brutal. And it's very disturbing, um, but it's very important to read, I think. Mm-hmm. A woman, when we read Unbroken in my book club, one of the women said she had to stop reading. She couldn't read the whole book. And a different woman in my book club said, if they could live it, we can read about it. Yeah. And that's sort of how I felt about this book. If you know they had to live through this, I can... I could read about it. Right. Um, and so um, I definitely recommend it. It's uniquely structured. It's unconventional in the way it's structured and the way it tells the story of slavery, but it is well worth your time mm-hmm. and effort. It is The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. And on uh, Oprah's website, she has lots of resources and interviews with, oh, with really? the I've author. Been, yeah, oh. so there's yeah some cool stuff it's definitely a book that would benefit from discussion i would say yeah reading it just in a vacuum is not or not even a discussion but looking into some of the things because it's it's good on its own but putting it in historical context Mm -hmm. would be valuable all right so we don't have to list off what we talked about or what uh no but we should say that that all 
we'll link to pretty much everything oh, right. we yeah, talked in our about. Show notes, so. Things we referred to, uh, and we'll do as she always does a, an incredible job with our notes. She <laughs> will link to everything. So you don't feel like you, all the stuff we threw at you, you right. had to remember or write down if you're driving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you have, if you need, if you want to figure out what to read next, you, you're always welcome to ask us. Or if you have a suggestion for what we should read next, you Ooh. should tell us. That would be fun be a Christmas present for us. It would. I would love that. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. Find us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your other podcast provider of choice. Our podcast is engineered by Adam Farver. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at beaufortcountylibrary.org slash well-read, where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this episode as well as all the other resources we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you all for listening and happy reading.